0: I'd like to welcome everybody out tonight. Appreciate you coming. Uh, if you got your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter number 15. Get these things moved out of the way a little bit. Uh, appreciate everything that everybody does at this church to make this a successful church. Uh, the Lord has used us in a mighty way. There's a lot of people around that's talked about the difference that this church is making in the community. And I'm so grateful just to be a part of this, to uh, be able to uh, be the pastor here, be a member here, to be able to have friendship. Uh, this is something I want you to really stop and take, take notes tonight. If you can, if you got something to write on or record or, uh, you know, so many times in life and it's just seemed like this is, is, is a continual Building week by week, Sunday morning, Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Wednesday night, where they just kind of interlocking and going with each other. But this is something that we really need to be careful with and pay attention to. Because, you know, a lot of times in life, and, you know, it's easy to get discouraged. I preached on that Sunday morning, but you know what? It's even easier to do? Get distracted. And a lot of times we don't realize this. It's like, hey, I'm happy. Everything's just good. I'm running right along and everything's uh, taking place, but. We wind up, the devil can send things along, not to, to cause you to stumble and to fall into sin, but he'll distract us just for a minute and get us thinking about something else. And then he winds up bringing himself in and he's, you know, before you know it, he says, you give him an inch, he'll take a mile. He'll, you know, you don't even give him a foothold where he's able to get into the house. But, uh, the story I want us to look at today, very familiar scripture, uh, Luke chapter number 15, um, you know, there's three parables here that Jesus teaches. One's about uh, lost sheep, the other's about lost coins, And this one's probably the most famous one about the prodigal son, about how he goes out. And uh, But these are just some things I want to look at. And uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer before we get started. Dear God, we love you. We praise you. Thank you so much. Lord, you've blessed us in such a mighty way that our minds can't comprehend the things that you've done. And Lord, the... The plans that you have for the future lord it's just uh so great just to get to be a small part of this and lord just to hang on for the ride we thank you so much for uh the souls that was uh that was brought into the kingdom this past friday night uh lord we pray lord that we're stewards of those souls and we teach those young men uh lord what the bible says their their role in the, the family is the role in the church is and god just help us uh, Lord, as a church body, Lord, to do those things which you've called us to. We ask that you just, uh, Lord, just fill us with your Spirit. Lord, use us in a mighty way. I pray, Heavenly Father, that I'd get out of the way, that your Holy Spirit could minister to hearts in here. And Lord, that we just have a deeper understanding of your Word as we leave here. We know you love us. We thank you so much for that love, that mercy, that gentleness, that kindness. Lord, in your grace that you keep shedding upon us. Just fill us, Lord, and use us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. But here is a parable that says in... Uh, it says, and, and he, a certain man, had two sons. Now think about this. Uh, you know, this is something until today I had I never, I've read it and read it and read it. Uh, and, you know, I've heard all kinds of messages preached on this right here. But as we get down here in just a second, we're going to see that, you know, this this man had two sons, uh, but both of them received a gift. You know, I never, until this, I guess this morning at 4 o'clock, we got up and started... And it's when it all started falling into place. But I never understood why the older brother was mad. I always thought he just got left out in the cold. But it goes to show us when you start reading something, how the Holy Spirit just opened the eyes. It says, And the younger uh, of them said to his father, Father, give me my portion of goods that all is to me. This is something that, you know, that I, and, and this is why we got to be careful of what we think of. This is a prime example of why we have to be careful of the thoughts that we let enter into our minds. Because this just didn't pop into this guy's head and out his mouth. Something triggered this young man to say, Hey, Dad, I want my part of my inheritance, and I want it now. Something triggered him. You know, life wasn't good enough. You know, it wasn't that he lived at his father's house. His father was a wealthy man. They had servants there to take care of. uh, and, And I'm sure that these two, and I'm sure they had to work some, but not like most of the people there at this time was. But here's this young man that, that lived in a fluent life. His father had a lot that, that they was not in need. They was not wanting. They weren't worried about how they was going to pay the light bill, phone bill, water bill. Uh, what, there was no worries as far as this. But this young boy got distracted for a minute. He did not realize how good he had it right now and at this point in life. And he started thinking about what could be. Maybe he started hanging out with the wrong people. It, the you know, Bible does not say, but something lured this guy away from from the things that he had been living, the, the 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 safe haven that he had, and this is what scares me about people in church. Because if something comes along that'll that'll draw your attention away, and all of a sudden here you are, you, you're 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 looking out, and you're finding something else to do other than be in God's house, to be around God's people. To, to read your Bible, to pray, to, to witness, to do what God's called us to do, those things that will distract us. And you're like, Preacher, i ain't never done of that. <laughs> well, that may be why you're distracted. The Lord's called us into a service. But here this young man is, and, and he's, he's got all these wonderful gifts But something distracts this young man. Didn't say he was discouraged. He wasn't down and out. He wasn't having problems at home. It's just he got distracted from the way he was thinking, the way he was brought up. Now, though, this is something we really need to watch out for, us and our children. To make sure that the things that we 're putting in our lives and we 're putting in our kids' lives is not a distraction to them to keep them from living the life that God has for them to be the kind of of, of, of uh, husband you're supposed to be the kind of wife you're supposed to be, uh, to be the kind of leader of your children you're supposed to be or, or you know we really need to encourage our young people and, and tell them hey we appreciate what you do here at this church how you sing how you with the, the, just the activity and enthusiasm the kids bring in, how, how much life they brought in here. Why? Because that way they won't get distracted with the things that's outside in the world. Because you know there's always something glittering out there in the world that wants to pull our kids. Well, and and us too. We can get pulled away. It says, Give to me the goods of the poor, or give to me the portion of goods that falls to me. And he divided unto them. Now them is for more than one, right? So apparently the older brother and the younger brother both got the portions that was due to them of their father's estate. Verse number 13, it says, And not many days after, the, young, the younger son gathered all together. You think about this. The first thoughts that come into his mind is there's a better life. There's a better way. There's an easier way. There's a funner way. There's something out there in the world that is, that's calling me that I want to go to, that I want to do. And then after that thought come into his mind, he dwelled on it for a while. And what do we say? Be careful about your thoughts. Because your thoughts become what? Actions. So now this young man's taking an action, and his actions is leading him to a place that he don't need to be. And, you know, we can tell our kids so many times. And, you know, a lot of times we need to listen to what we're telling our kids. Because we may not be doing what we're telling them. We not be, may not be living, uh, you know, you tell your kids one thing, but you do another. So be careful about these things right here. And it says, and he took a journey into a far country, and there he wasted the substance on righteous living. Now, somebody just give me their definition of what they think righteous living is. Huh? Reckless. Reckless. Somebody else? Dangerous. Dangerous? Extravagant. You ever just thought about just living outside the will of God? Just period? Maybe you quit reading your Bible. You know, that's righteous living. When you start sinning against God, when you start doing the things that's not right, you know, we want to think as a murderer or as an adulterer or, or a fornicator or, 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 you know, these things. We want to think about these things in life that, that that's righteous living. Oh, I'm not as bad as that person out there. But when we quit doing the things God's called each and every one of us as individuals to do, you think about that right there. That's righteous living. So this, this story could be about any person in this room tonight that we could be drawn away. Our attentions, our thoughts are somewhere else already Oh, what I've got to get up and go do in the morning, oh, the kids got homework, all this kind of stuff. Instead of being prepared to be in the house of God to worship Him, to learn from Him, to see these things that's tearing my family apart. These are the things that we have to guard against. What I say about distracted or dangerous or, 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 or discouraging thoughts? These are the things that individuals as Christians we have really got to look at in our minds. Is if you don't pay attention to the little things, and you need to sift through the thoughts that's running in your minds, because so many times it sounds logical. Hey, at three o'clock in the morning, there's a lot of stuff that sounds logical. That's why they put all these crazy advertisements, these preachers that say $10,000 and hey, you, you, your blessing's on this way. That's why they go on that stuff because people are not in their right minds at that time of the morning. Randy, is that right? How many problems do you have after midnight? None of more. right since you, I mean, but you think about this right here. We have to be careful about what we're letting into our mind, into our ears. The things we see and the things we hear have a big influence on the lives that we live. That's why it said, "Be careful about what you think on, what you meditate on." The Bible tells us that we need to take that into consideration and to take our, our every thought captive. Verse number fourteen. And when he had spent all he had, now there's a lot of us in here today that spent all we have. We don't see any way. It, 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 something right now we're in a we're, we're facing a problem that I've done everything I can do to solve that problem. We have to be careful when we get in these situations. Because we can get into a situation and we've, we've expended, we've, we've spent all our energy, all our efforts, all our time, all our money, everything we know to do. We have got to that point to where we are desperate. And desperate people do what? Desperate things. These are the things that we need to understand. It says, and there arose a mighty famine in the land. What is a famine in the land? That's when we get, hey, y'all, we're living in the land of the United States of America. Things have never been easier. Prosperity is out there for whoever wants to pursue it, but we're living in a, in a desperate time. There's folks out there that'll do anything to, pro, to promote themselves, to, to do that. The, they'll steal, kill, steal. I mean, it does not matter now. People really don't think twice about it. So you need to be careful. How, when we get into this, it says, he began to be in want. And it says, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And this is something we need to look at when we start hanging out with the wrong people. And he's like, preacher, I, you know, I, you need to be careful who you hang out with at work. Now, this is something we don't understand. We feel like we're grown. We feel like that we can make educated, and I don't need your, preacher, I really don't need you telling me this, this minute stuff right here, but oh, yes, you do. Because we all fall into those traps. Because when you get around people, when you get around, I don't care who it is, you sit around somebody for a few minutes, you'll be acting just like them. You get to work, you get in the break room. Somebody start yang yang and carrying on a little bit, and 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 maybe there's a few things said that shouldn't be. And the next thing, you sniggering and laughing and carrying on. And these things, you get around people that want to God. And hey, I am just. Uh, you get around somebody. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. I can't. You know, that's just human nature. What if we? I want you to understand. We are flesh and blood. Everybody in this room is flesh and blood. And you've got to realize that every day, every minute, you've got to stay on guard for what the enemy's trying to do. Says he joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into the field to feed the swine. That don't sound like a big deal. I mean, you know, if they told you to go to the farm, go feed the pigs, you wouldn't think nothing about it, right? Unless they ain't got no pigs, then you'd think they're trying to do something. But you think about this right? This was unheard of because Jewish people. It's something that you know that they did not. That was below them, beneath them. This was something that they would not have been caught dead doing. They would have not ever associated with in, in, in the pig farming business. There, there's just no way they'd have done that. And there's times in life when we get desperate we would do things we wouldn't normally do. Amen. There's you know, there's times that we'll we'll you know, and and I hate to say this, but there's times in life we'll take a shortcut to get ahead because we're desperate right now. We'll, 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 we'll check out on the Lord to check in to punch a clock or, or, make a few extra dollars or, or go do something that we think's a little bit funner. But the Lord says, hey, you know, I, He loves us in spite of, you know what? He's seen all the mistakes I'm going to make from tonight forward to the day I die. God already knows every mistake I'm going to make and He loves me in spite of that. He, you know, I wonder, Lord, why did you ever call me to preach? And 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 it's one of those things that even though here I am and I am I'm, I'm not worthy of, of his love, his mercy, his grace, but he says, hey, I can still use you. Why? Because you, I, I love you. I created you just for that purpose. And it says, and he sent him into the field to feed the swine. And It says, and and he would fain uh, have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. I had to. I, I, I it took me a little while. It says, under the, it says, and under the circumstances. Now the circumstances here then, this young man decided that the, what the pigs was eating was appealing to, appealing to him. Do y'all not realize that so many times in life we get desperate and things that we would never be a part of that we'll join ourselves to, that we'll do, we'll act upon, we'll let come into our life. Now this is something that's just teaching us from the standpoint of desperation we have, y'all. We don't need to get in a desperate situation. We don't need to get to that point because the Lord tells us that He'll supply all our needs to the riches of His glory. Amen. He says He will take care of us, and it says, and no man gave unto Him. Y'all, they, they, when, when things are going good, and you got plenty of money, and you got all, you got the boat, and you got the camper, you got the, the, the hunting lodge, you got a lot of friends. I remember growing up as one particular guy that all summer long he had friends because his mother and daddy had a place at the backwaters and they had a boat but then come summer well wintertime they wasn't sold to be found because they didn't know want to go to the backwaters in summer and in wintertime but y'all that's the same way in life when things are going good for you you got all kind of friends but you know what the definition y'all remember the other week i said the definition of a friend when everybody else is walking out they're walking in. Those are the kind of people we need to surround ourselves with. Be careful who we're or hanging out with. Verse 17, it says, When he came to himself, he says, How many hired servants of my father's have enough have bread enough, to spare, to bread enough and to spare? I perish in hunger. Now, this, this is something. Something triggered this boy to start thinking about how it used to be. You know, the Lord's always calling His children. The Lord is always, if you've been born again and you're living not living right, you're not doing what God's called you to do, there is a longing in your life, there is a void in your life, and it cannot be filled by You can run drugs, sex, I I mean, whatever you want to do, that void that's in your life, you can buy more things and buy more things, and all you're going to be is further in debt. There is no void, there's there's no substance on earth that can fill the void. That when God is when you break fellowship, He don't break fellowship. With us, but when that that gap starts, when that distance, when that distance of us starts, there's a void. Now this boy had went through the the everything he thought was going to be good. Now he was down to where he was desperate, and all of a sudden he realized that void inside of him couldn't be filled except back at his father's house. What he longed for was the the food that his father had, the fellowship that he had with his family back there. And he says, how many of my father's servants uh, have enough bread to spare? And he says, while I perish in hunger. And this is something you've got to be careful. When we get hungry, you know, there's a lot of us get man. Amen? And you think about that right here. Look at him. looking at him. You think about this right here. When we get hungry, what does the Bible say? Blessed are not them. Uh, blessed are the what? Blessed are them that, that, that hunger and thirst for righteousness. Now, if you've got a hunger and a thirst for something besides righteousness, you're not blessed. And another translation for the word blessed is what? Happy. So many of us walk around in life not happy. Why are we not happy? Go start reading the Sermon on the Mountain. Jesus will tell you why you're not happy or why you're not blessed. Because the things that He tells us in there. But right here it says "This this is what repentance looks like. It says, I will rise and go to my Father's house and I will say to him, I have sinned against you and have the thought come into his mind, I've sinned against heaven. That's the first step of repentance. The second step, I'll get to in just a second. It says, "For uh, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called a son. Who told him he wasn't worthy? Think about this for a second. A lot of times you're hearing things that tell you you're not worthy anymore. But it ain't God. No word in this story. No word did God tell him he was not. No word did his daddy tell him he wasn't worthy. But your enemy is always in the back of your mind, in your head, telling you these things that you're not worthy. That you're not. Hey, and I want to tell you, every person in this room, God's got a plan and a purpose for every one of us. He's got a project for every one of us. But so many of us feel like that we're not qualified. You know what? God will qualify, well, God will qualify who he calls. He don't. God don't want qualifications. Because with qualifications, this is like we... I'm going to pick on Randy tonight. He's qualified to be a police officer. You know, that's one of those things right here. He really don't need somebody telling him how to do his job as a police officer. That's not a police officer, right? Or a captain or somebody that's been it long. He's confident in his own ability to be a police officer. Why would God want somebody that's confident in their own ability to be a preacher? And their own ability to be a Sunday school teacher? or a youth director or a youth teacher or a draw you tell me this as a witness God don't this is, a, this is why you are a prime candidate Jerry Mobley to be a witness for God because you ain't confident in yourself to go out and tell nobody nothing right? you think about that right there but you tell them what God's done for you what God's done for your family that's all the confidence you need what He's done for you and your family see and this is the things that we've got to realize that when we let God use us and put His ability in us Hi, hey, He can carry us to the next level. But when we use our ability to try to go to the next level, we're going to stumble and fall. We're going to, it's going to be a disaster. And it says right here, it says, uh, and He rose and He came to His Father. Listen, listen to this. The first thing was, is a repentant, was a repentant mind, repentant heart. The next step was a repentant action. So to repent is to think about what I've done wrong and then what's the next thing? Is to turn and leave that what you're doing wrong. So many of us in life, don't realize that if we keep going down the same road that we are, it's leading to disaster. We're headed for disaster if we don't turn and come back the opposite direction. It says, but he was, uh, he was yet a great way, way off and his father saw him. So that goes to tell me that whenever I walk away from God, he's standing there looking, he's standing there waiting, he is right where I have walked away from him, but God's anticipating me coming back to him. Every person that's been born again, God is expecting that person to turn from their sinful ways and come back to Him. Every person that has been born, period, flesh and blood, from the time of conception till the day they die, God's expecting them to accept Him as their Lord and Savior. But so many people in life deny Him that pleasure of being their Father. You know, that, that, that's the thing that's so sad that we've got family members that is denying Him day after day, and the older they get, the closer to death they are closer to judgment they're going to be. And that's why we've got to have that fact. It says the father saw him and he had compassion. He ran. Y'all do not understand how important that he ran. Because in that day and time, a rich elderly man in Jerusalem or Israel, or whatever you want to say, the Jewish nation, it was undignified for an elderly man to take off running. But you look right here. God said, I will lose my dignity. Jesus Christ hung on a cross in a very undignified way to cover the sins that you and me committed. There was nothing uplifting about him hanging naked in front of a crowd, blood dripping down, piercing his side, spit on beat. He said, I will give my dignity up that I can rescue you from yourself, from your sins. And it says, and he fell on his neck and he kissed him. It's the, the thing that it shows that how, I and mean, I know as a daddy, as a father, uh, There's nothing that I wouldn't do for my two boys. I mean, there's no measure that I would not expend for my two sons. And I think about the longing in that father's heart for that son to come back, to come back to his house. You think about this right here. You get in a fight or argument with your kid, and they go off, and you don't speak to you for two or three days. You think about that. You know, this could have been two or three years. We don't know the time frame in the Bible how long this child was gone out into the world. But that father sat there waiting every day, looking down that road, waiting for him to come back. And it says, And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called a son. This is a question right here. The son still thought in his mind he was not worthy to be a son anymore. Nowhere in the Bible does it tell us the only thing that'll ever separate us from the love of God is what? The sin of unbelief. That's the only thing God cannot redeem you from. I don't care what your resume says that you're good at doing wrong, God will forgive you for everything on that resume, everything on that rap sheet he'll get rid of, other than unbelief. If we don't believe he can save us, then guess what? He can't save us. We've got to have that. If, 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 if that person you witness to says, the Lord can't use me, I said, the Lord can use anybody that's willing to believe. We think dumb thoughts. So many times somebody looked at you funny. Well, they didn't speak to me. We get these thoughts racing in our mind. And what does Satan do to that fire? He's fanning it. He's fanning it. He's fanning it. Y'all, so many times, things don't happen the way you see them. Things do not go down the way you think they do. That's why we need a second opinion on a lot of things. The conversation, get both sides up before you pass judgment on that right there. And it says, And the Son said unto the Father, I have sinned against thee. Sin. I want you to understand how dumb this sounds. I am no longer worthy to be called a son. The enemy can distract us with a thought. This is the main point of the lesson tonight. I want you to understand that Satan is trying his best. He can't can't destroy you. If you've been born again, you're saved. You're sealed. You're sanctified, waiting on the day that the Lord brings us home. But he can get into your thought process. He can change the way you think. And and when he interrupts your thought process, so when you're not thinking God's thoughts, Jesus says those that are not with me are what? Against me. These are the things I want us to think on tonight. We're going to put a pause button right here. There's part two of this thing right here. But I want you to think about this right here tonight. The thoughts that we think are they thoughts that lift us up or that tear us down? The thoughts that we think are they the ones that are that are good for us and that are, breathe life into us? What I say is in the power of the tongue. Now they say on average a man uses thirty or twenty thousand words a day. A lady uses thirty thousand words a day. They say, on average, in our minds, we use 70,000 words a day. So, I mean, how many of you, Hayden asked us this question a night, When you talk to yourself, do you hear your voice? And I am like, all day long. I can't get me to shut up. You know, it's just a non-stop. But this is what I'm so worried about. The conversation I'm having with myself, I have to sift through it and say, okay, that's junk. That's garbage. I've got to get rid of, this, kind of this, this train of thought. I've got to get rid of that. Because that's what's crippling me. That's what's bringing me down. That's what's holding me back. It's when I say I'm not enough and the Lord's saying you're all this. You're all, I mean, I've made you into this. I know what you want. Y'all think about these things right here. The devil wants to distract you and discourage you. So many of us in here live a defeated life because ain't nothing going on in the life except our thinking. Our thinking has got us down on our knees and just crippled us.